0: This episode of the Work F1 show was filmed in the Raw studio during the freshest drop-in sessions, hence it is a fair bit shorter and a fair bit more filled with adverts and interruptions than normal. Next week we will be in the studio again, but we'll be back to full-length programming. Thank you and enjoy!
1: Hello and welcome back to Raw 1251am with your uh, Head of Sport, Will Kingswood. Um, I'm here as part of sort of the first of our our drop-ins. Um, I'm here with Cam Hall, our Head of Sport. Oh, Sorry, I'm the Head of Sport, our Head of News. <laughs> it's going really well. This is my first show, so it's a bit of a new experience for me. So I think... Just, just getting getting better at it is the aim of the game. But yeah, so this is the first of our drop ins, and we are going to be covering the sport from over the weekend, especially the Russian Grand Prix. I know me and Cam both watched it, but first, let me introduce Cam. Actually, our obviously our head of news at Raw Twelve Fifty One AM. How are you doing, Cam? I
2: have, I've got to say,
1: I've got to say, Will,
2: it's fantastic to be back. I've missed this studio space so much i had a week i had a week at the end of term before covid came along and ruined it for me so it's yeah it's so nice to be back and what a a fantastic schedule we've got ahead of this year on raw i'm really looking forward to it and as you said some fantastic stuff to start off with today of course the russian grand prix you and i were both watching that in the pub such a good race i'm really looking forward to discussing it and of course lewis hamilton's 100th race win amongst the biggest talking points from that as well as a fantastic weekend in other sports and just a lot over the last few months. I mean, yeah, I'm just really excited. Like, you can tell I'm just really excited to be back and just discussing this right now. Yeah, it's good to
1: be back in the studio. So not only are we joined uh, by Cam Hall, we're also joined by um, Warwick F1 Society's uh, Jack Rowe, who's uh, just arrived, arrived in the studio now. How are you doing, Jack? Hello, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Uh, good. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing well. I uh, just forgot to put uh, Jack's microphone up there, but it's all good. Um, yeah. So, how are you how are you doing? Like, obviously, watched the race. Um, over the weekend, what do you think of it?
0: Yeah, it was a it was a bit of a crazy one, wasn't it? It's not meant to be that that. Um, Sochi's uh, not 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 usually a, a good one, but uh, a bit bonkers. For, um. um yeah, it's been a while since I saw I saw one that good. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a very interesting race. Obviously, we got the rain right at the end, and we are also joined by, I guess, um, Jack said he was going to bring in a new fresher. So, how are you doing? What's your name?
3: Uh, I my, my name is Chin Mei.
1: How, hi, Chin. How how are you? I mean, are you, how are you finding your first few days at work?
3: Yeah, first few days have been good. I mean, just been oh, just been to a couple of the uh, fresher's events lately. And,
1: yeah, just been so far, so good. Yeah, so, obviously, we've got now three guests in the studio. Um, I'll just come back to Cam Hall quickly. I give us, a, give us a rating out of 10, sort of, for the race, and then after after another song, we'll get into it. I
2: mean, I feel for the Russian Grand Prix, anything higher than a four is fantastic. So I will put it at... I think to put... I'll go for a seven, because I feel... Which, for Russia, as I said, is exceptional, because it started off, I think there's a bit of a lull early on i think with the mixed up grid gave a bit more drama but there was a bit of a lull but then as soon as i think as lewis hamilton got into second that net second behind norris and really just seeing them seeing lewis make that chase and then of course those last few laps it was an incredible race i would go i would go a very secure seven definitely
1: yeah so we'll talk about that a bit later we'll dive into the race into the start and into some of the performances Right, welcome back to Raw 1251am. Just a few technical difficulties there, but we're back now and we're going to get started with uh, talking about the Russian Grand Prix. Um, As Cam said, a race that we weren't really expecting to be that good. I know me and Jack spoke about it yesterday on the, or not yesterday, sorry, last week on the first episode of the show. We were, we were very, we weren't exactly kind to, kind to the uh track, but we saw on Sunday it really delivered. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, well, there's a uh, there's a good reason they're moving to Agora Drive <laughs> next year, and that's because it doesn't exactly produce classic races. But uh, I'm very glad it did produce a classic one this time round. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, Chen, did you uh, did you watch the race? And I mean, if so, what did you think of it?
3: I mean, yeah, especially especially as Sochi goes, it was a fantastically surprising race. I mean, just dramas, especially for the second half. It's-
1: yeah, I mean, even even the drama in the second half, like, we saw a bit of drama in the first half. I mean, we may as well get started at the beginning, at that start. And to be honest, that start, arguably one of the best starts of the year. Like, I think Sochi, for all its flaws, does have one of those runs to the first corner where you really do see action. I mean, at one point, I think we even had almost like five five cars wide and um lando norris even after getting his good start got um overtaken by carlos sainz at the beginning
0: yeah it was brilliant wasn't it it's um it's, it's always been a good one the long long run down i i can't think of any what, is it the longest one on the calendar now? I can't remember. I the, the think there might be a long, one longer. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think um, Italy's obviously up there. And again, at Italy, we saw the second place driver get into first with Daniel Ricciardo overtaking um, Max Verstappen. But even after um, Norris had had such a good start, he was like four or five car lengths ahead of everyone else by the time they went through that kink. But he still managed to get overtaken
0: yeah it's brilliant as well i love the kink on there and um, i mean george russell probably doesn't love that um he was well set up for the for the uh slipstream until he got to that point but yeah it's i love that that's the only bit of that that track that i would not change that um first run down it's so wide as well and the first corner is an excellent you know it's it's a hard breaking zone you get some real dive bombs we saw lance stroll that was a crazy move wasn't it Straight down the middle, yeah, it was, it was brilliant.
1: Yeah, so um, Norris uh, coming through in first, Science in second, um, Russell in third. I mean, Chem, what was your sort of reaction when you saw that start? I know it was like one of the most exciting starts like we've had this season.
3: Yeah, it was extremely exciting. I mean, this, the way the, that Science managed to get that slipstream off to that first corner and then managed to get a good couple of seconds lead... And yeah, just the first few laps was really interesting to see Russell holding up the whole grid as well with the slower Williams.
1: Yeah, so obviously we have had, we did have qualifying. We for, even forgot to mention that the wet qualifying, which I will come to um, after we play the next song. But I mean, Cam, I'll come to you finally. Like, what was your, what were your opinions on that start? I mean, Sochi, it always has a potential just because there is so much ability to slipstream going into
2: that first corner, and I think for Lando Norris almost. Getting ahead, I think, was probably the worst thing for him because it allowed some drivers like Carlos Sainz to really be able to come forward and take that lead from the start. I think, yeah, it was a really good start, I think, from Sainz to get himself into that position and probably enabled him to sort of be around for the podium later on. But yeah, Lance Stroll, I think, as Jack said, fantastic start. And Lewis Hamilton, of course, I I think it does show sometimes when you do have these long-slip streaming starts how important it is to get yourself into a bit of space and how these little pockets of space that you think may be there aren't often there. And certainly put Lewis Hamilton on the back foot very early on.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned there, um, Lewis Hamilton sort of making a run up the inside. Had Carlos Sainz not moved over, he would have maybe even taken the lead from Lando Norris. But Sainz moves over, Lewis Hamilton has to back off, and then he's sort of swamped by Stroll and Alonso, who sort of did an interesting strategy for Turn 1. I'll come to you, Jack, if you want to explain it a bit more.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there's not much to explain, is there? We saw, I think... I think it was last year. Signs, um did almost the same thing, but he uh, he tried to straight line it through that mini chicane they've got up with the foam boundaries, and he smacked into the wall. So, you know, there is some... There's some uh, yeah, so if, if I'll explain it, pretty much, he just ignored the corner. He went straight on. He saw a straight line through the chicane um, that they'd set up, and he went for it. And it proved to be a good strategy, but it was a very risky one. So, yeah, I think most people seeing what he he did probably would have had a problem with it but yeah i i (laughs) i wouldn't have the balls to do that if i were him yeah no um uh chen
1: obviously it's a strategy that i guess isn't really in the sport like spirit of like the sport obviously everyone's got their own opinions on what is and isn't like okay but it's legal like what he did was legal and to be honest it's arguably the fia's fault that they haven't sort of They've always had an issue with that corner. I remember at every race you see drivers going up, going across um, that massive runoff area just because the turn is so tight and it just lends itself to like, drifting out wide and then coming back on. But maybe maybe they need to do something else. I mean, would you say what Alonso did was fair?
3: I mean, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he didn't take any massive advantage out of anybody, to be honest. And... Yeah, as long as like, the, the, he doesn't jeopardise anybody else's race, I do feel that if they have to come off the track, they come off the track
1: yeah and so and then i guess one final driver we'll talk about at the start was Lance stroll re- who really proved that that slipstream can have a massive effect he jumped from p8 to p4 um sort of like getting ahead of hamilton getting ahead of ricardo getting ahead of alonso and to be honest that sort of set the stages for what was a bit of a bit of a boring first half of the race but um Jack, have you got any like final words to say, especially on Lance Stroll, or in fact anyone else at yeah. the start of the race?
0: Yeah, I think I think Stroll's proven that he's pretty good in the wet, especially in Turkey last year. He uh, took the pole and led for the first forty odd laps or so. Um, but yeah, he proved it again, didn't he? Um, straight straight in the middle. I, I guess it was a drying track at that point, wasn't it? Or was I think it? I think it was a dry one. Ah, I, I, yeah. sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm thinking of Turkey as well because exactly. we're going to come onto that later. But yeah, no, he's uh. He's he's come he's come through in the last couple of years, and that's one of the big moments that proves that he should be in that Aston Martin seat. Maybe maybe he shouldn't have had that chance originally, but he's definitely there to stay now, and that's not just because of money anymore.
1: Yeah, but maybe we'll talk about Lance Stroll later in uh, one of his not so favourable moments. But so we'll get back to get back to the race, and we'll get into sort of just a first first few laps where we th- almost thought that it was going to be like a bit of a boring such a bit of a boring race like typical sochi like just a bit of a procession but i think one thing i definitely noticed was just how close the cars were together i'm not sure if like that i can't really remember a sochi race where we've sort of had that like closeness before
0: yeah no i think most of it was because of uh how much the qualifying mixed things up. We had a bit of a procession. Um, sorry, it's not a uh, not procession, a queue behind uh, Russell, definitely, um, and at the front as well. But, yeah, I don't think it was quite as boring a first few laps as you make it out to be. Um, we did see a couple of overtakes from Hamilton um, as well, and there was uh, obviously, I'm sure we'll get onto in just a second, there was uh, very early pit stops from a, a few people down the field as well, which made a big difference in the end to the race.
1: Yeah, perhaps I'm not giving it giving it enough credit because obviously we had um that mixed up qualifying, uh the wet to dry track and we had a lot of drivers at the back of the field who wouldn't normally be at the front. We had Verstappen, Bottas, Leclerc was coming through the field. I mean, Chen, do you maybe do you think I'm being a bit harsh on the start of the race and that there were a bit a few more overtakes than I'm probably giving it credit for?
3: Uh... I mean, your opinion is valid as well, but I think the fact that the, all the cars were like really close to each other in the front and then obviously people like Bottas, Leclerc and Verstappen coming in from the back, slowly making their way through the field, kind of, it wasn't as boring as you would say, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll come to, come to you, Cam, finally. the start of The start of the race... It was setting up for an intriguing one. I think I've sort of changed, changed my opinion and that maybe it was setting up for a potentially really good race, but there was also the sort of inkling that we might just get a Sochi snooze fest.
2: Possibly. I mean, a lot of it was, I think, dependent on two things. Firstly, how quickly Lewis Hamilton was able to get back towards the front of the field and potentially get back into the league because I didn't really have a doubt he'd be able to do it. And I feel like, again, it was until he got himself about side sort of that 28th or lap. 30, around that time when he was just behind Norris, where we felt, OK, this is when we're going to settle more into the lull of the two of them fighting out. But the fact that I think Lewis Hamilton particularly kept behind Daniel Ricciardo for so long, I think was able to, I think, just keep a bit more of the action going throughout the race. Of course, the second driver in that point, Max Verstappen as well, I think just him going throughout the field, I think was always going to be, I think, really fun to see. And all the different strategies as well. I think that was something that I think is really important to reflect on on Sunday. With Sochi, you typically have a very binary one-stop race. You make your stop at the same time. Pretty much all the drivers will do either a medium to hard or a hard to medium. It'll be the same strategy. We had so many different strategies in terms of the times that the cars were coming into the pits. The rain as well just threw in a bit more jeopardy at the end. So, yes, there were so many. I think the mixed-up grid, I think, created quite... A lot of different elements that were coming into this race in terms of the strategy in terms of the racing throughout the field it was a lot closer than normal probably
1: because a McLaren was leading that did make it a more interesting Grand Prix, that's for sure. Yes. So as you mentioned there, with the uh, pit stops, like we had a different pit stop strategy at Sochi. Finally, well, we'll come on. I mean, we'll come on later to our predictions. I said, um, I said maybe three plus stops. We didn't have quite that many, but we were getting uh, what would have, I guess, been two stop strategies. Um, I know George Russell pitted early, Carlos Sainz pitted early, and then we had the interesting situation where some drivers were sticking to a one stop and some drivers were going to two. I mean. Ja- We've never really seen that before, have we, at Sochi Jack?
0: No, I'm, I'm not sure if it was a, a, a two-stop strategy or if it was just like a really early first stop. Because when you think about it, it wasn't actually that early in the grand scheme of things. We were about a third of the way into the Grand Prix when we started seeing them. Um, but, but you know, some some people were taking the mediums to lap 37, I think. When Al- Alonso was the last stopper. He was, he was way up there. Um, And it was only 53 laps in the Grand Prix. Um, So, yeah, I think it could still have been a one-stop, but they were traditionally a lot earlier than we see them at that circuit.
1: Yeah, I think possibly um, it might have been almost a two-stop strategy initially, and then going into it, they realised, or the teams that did pit that early realised, either A, they could get the tyres to the end of the race, or B, that a two-stop just wouldn't work. I mean, would you agree, Chen?
3: Yeah, I would 100% agree. I mean, the only probably only probably thing is that probably Max had a slight chance of going for two stopper because I think he did kind of use the hards a bit too much when trying to get up the field, especially when he got into the points. So but otherwise everybody else, I think the tie degradation was enough for one stop. I don't think so anyone was really looking at two stopper.
1: Yeah, I mean (laughs) I mean I'll come to you Cam finally, just the tire strategies made that. Like I know you, you said before, the tire strategies made that race interesting. But do you think the teams were maybe initially thinking of a two-stop and then dropped it back down to one when they realised that couldn't work? There's never been a race in Sochi where two stops have been the norm.
2: The only time I can remember a two-stop being the norm, I th- or for one driver, was Charles Leclerc getting onto the podium in 2019, and a lot of that was because he wanted to go for the fastest lap at the end of the race. So. Yeah, yeah, sure there's tire degradation in Sochi, but it's not a track where the tires typically wear out and you have to go for two stops and the option for a two stop becomes one say unlike Catalonia where you can have that time differential, you don't have that in Sochi. And so, yeah, I, th- I think it was uh, the- I think the wet qualifying helps definitely because it crucially it gave the teams in the top 10 the ability to start on a completely different set of tires than perhaps what they normally would to get out of Q2. Again, I think so much throughout the weekend, the conditions and everything, I think, just kind of came into play to create this really interesting race with different strategies taking place. And at the end of the day, I think that was what made it a fun, I think, a more fun race than we're used to in Sochi. And I think it goes to show just how much I think a little bit of rain can spice things
1: up and the impact that has a lot more widely throughout the weekend. Yeah. And as we'll, as we'll talk about um, after the break, we'll come onto to that rain and just how, like, Chaotic it made those final few laps, and we'll we'll, now what we'll do is we'll come on to some of the individual performances over the weekend, especially I guess focusing on two of the three British drivers. Starting with Lando Norris, oh that was—it's just—it's really tragic to see after arguably his best weekend of the
0: season. Yeah, I mean. I, I know you said arguably. I think I'd, I'd argue that he's had uh, better performances. But I think the, the the timing was right for him to win that race. And sometimes in F1, it doesn't matter that you're not having, you know, you know you're not the fastest car on track. Sometimes you just, you've got the guts and you've got the desire. And I felt like he had that. And maybe that's what led to his downfall eventually, which I'm, I'm sure we'll mention shortly.
1: Yeah, so... Um, qualifying on pole by half a second in a very bonkers qualifying as we've mentioned a lot. I mean, Chen, what was your reaction when you saw that he was he was purple and he was purple again and then he eventually stuck it on pole for the first time in his career?
3: I mean I was just ecstatic to see like someone like Lando Norris just become so fast at the track and that to that too, being on the front wheel alongside his best friend Carlos Sainz, it was just fantastic sight to see
1: yeah especially you mentioned there um we obviously had the carlando one too from last year (laughs) teammates and like it's just the fact that um they are friends and we did see three of the british drive or all three of the british drivers in the top four i mean i can't think of the last time one nationality had that like sort of level of dominance on a front row
2: I'm just trying to think back. I mean, possibly the last example I could think of if you could have PK Senna back in the late 80s or possibly British drivers, I think, all the way back to the 60s. I mean, that is how long ago it was and how I think just how good it shows the future of British motorsport is that we've got so many fantastic young drivers coming through. On the point of Carlando as well, I wonder what Netflix are going to be thinking of right now, how they're going to just construe that relationship again for for the purposes of entertainment. You know, the competition of Carlos Orlando on the front row. Is this what finally breaks them? I can't wait to see what Netflix will do with that.
1: Yes, yeah, so obviously you mentioned there, like Netflix, will always have a way, and I'm sure they'll, sure they'll have a way of making this race interesting as well. But it was even a, even a return to the early 2000s with the uh, front three. But as we saw during the race, Sainz getting ahead of Lando Norris, um, but then Lando coming back um, and overtaking overtaking the Ferrari into turn. I think it was turn three, or it might have been turn one. I'm not sure, Jack.
0: Yeah, well, they didn't show it on TV, I don't think, so um, I'd love to comment on how good the overtake was, but we just don't know, do we? Um, yeah, no, no, that was absolute credit to, uh, to Lando there. Ferrari and McLaren have been close on pace all season, and Sochi's kind of a middling difficulty on overtaking. So, yeah, to overtake there, ab- absolutely credit to Lando. I assume it was a brilliant move.
1: Yeah, so uh, we, the TV direction left a bit to be desired um, this weekend, but I think we just caught the final seconds of it. We didn't see the run um, on like um, Lando got on Carlos Sainz, but we saw the eventual overtake. And, I mean, Gem, what was your reaction when you saw the McLaren get past the Ferrari?
3: I mean, to be brutally honest, I wasn't really surprised, surprised especially with Lando's consistency all year with the pace he's been showing in that McLaren. And just the pace difference between the McLaren and the Ferrari in a straight line, and I suppose because Lando had just been pushing signs for that whole ten laps or so that he was behind signs. I think I just I wasn't really surprised that Lando did eventually get past Carlos.
1: Yeah, and then once he got past Carlos, he was very much in the lead. Um, maybe signs pitted a bit early, didn't really seem to be able to get back up to um, to Lando, but. I mean, he was putting in a really, really good performance, really, just a really dominant. I'm just, like, as almost Hamilton or a Stappan-esque performance up front, holding holding time and just being able to drive with a little bit less pressure.
0: Yeah, well, at the start of the season, we were, we saw Lando being the best of the rest outside of those top four drivers. But with Perez and Bottas, I don't think they've faded, but I think the midfield are stepping up again and again. And I think he's probably... the the third fastest driver on the grid now, maybe. Um, so when you when you take Hamilton um, and put him in seventh, when you take Verstappen and put him right at the back of the grid, and then you put Lando on the front, you 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 expect him to deliver, right? And he, and he definitely did. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, sh- he should have he should have had something from that race yeah
1: yeah so we'll come on to eventually what happened with lando norris a bit later when we talk about just those last five laps in the rain but we'll talk about another driver quickly another british driver in lewis hamilton who initially appeared to sort of be having a bit of out of bit of an out of sorts weekend only qualifying fourth and then obviously dropping to seventh um after the start of the race
3: I mean, yeah, it was surprising, especially in qualifying, to see Lewis just battering that um Mercedes. I mean during the practice weekends he knocked over he knocked over one of the pit crew members like Strolled the a while back and then him he then he is that he bumped into the pit wall and then obviously he slid off in the final stages of qualifying. And then to see him just fall back into seventh place in the beginning, that's not the Lewis Hamilton we've come to see over the years, but then Thankfully he did show why he is a seven-time world champion with the drive he did.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cam, it's a bit weird this season. He seems to be making like a few more mistakes. Obviously, as She mentioned, um, hitting the mechanic in practice. Obviously, we've had uh, that happen before. It's arguably just like, a, it's not, probably not a simple mistake, but it's a mistake that really maybe anyone could make. We saw him clout the wall in qualifying and then spin. Um, and that probably cost him, cost him a run at pole. Do you think that Hamilton is making more mistakes this season? And if so, why?
2: I think there's certainly more pressure on him with Verstappen. I don't think he's had a championship fight this close since the Rosberg era. And certainly then we did see some mistakes in Lewis's early time at Mercedes. I mean, I, I do th- I do think that's played a part. And to be honest, Lewis Hamilton would not be leading the championship right now if it weren't for Max Verstappen being taken out by him on the first lap at Silverstone and then Valtteri Bottas crashing into him in the first lap in Hungary. So yeah, Lew- I, I think Lewis realises he's lucky to be leading the world championship. But I, I do think at the end of the day, Lewis is still one of the most consistent drivers on the grid. He is making more mistakes. Sure. He's still making less mistakes than a lot of drivers. And to a certain extent, you could argue that Verstappen has been making some mistakes as well this season. I just think that's the nature of the championship fight. I, 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 I can't really say more than that. I think it is just the nature of the fight being a bit close this season. I think has put a bit more pressure on both drivers but again, Lewis isn't making it's not like he's radically making more mistakes. It's not like he's doing he's costing himself a world championship here, Lewis. It's just the nature of the fight. And I think that is something I think certainly keeping it a bit more interesting.
1: But yeah, even yeah, even after Hamilton dropped to seventh, he sort of returned to the Lewis Hamilton that we know. He was stuck behind Daniel Ricardo for a while in a bit of a DRS train, but of, like it appeared that by the end of the race it appeared that he had sort of been conserving his tires because he obviously made the those mediums last so long maybe he was just sticking behind ricardo and then in the pit stops he managed to jump the mclaren
0: yeah, I think that's a bit of a conspiracy theorist view. I think no racing driver is going to go in there and uh, not try and pass their competitor. Yeah, sometimes it's difficult with a slipstream. Maybe there, maybe there was like he just didn't, you know, he maybe wasn't ready for a dive bomb on lap ten or whatever it was. But yeah, I can't imagine he was uh, he was too he was too conservative at that point. But I think. Lewis tends to step up when he's put in that kind of adversity when we saw at Silverstone he took a 10 second penalty uh, and he came through and he won that race and driver of any other caliber might not have done that and I think we've got the same exact thing here in Sochi
1: yeah and so after he jumped Ricardo, he managed to get past a few of the drivers that had pitted a bit earlier and then was making his way up to lando norris um before before eventually we saw the rain hit do you think jen that he would have got past norris had the rain hadn't hit i know he he'd made up quite a quite a bit of the time or he made up all of the time by the time he uh, got to the back of the mclaren with a well, i think it was about 10 15 laps to go but obviously getting to a driver and overtaking them is a completely different thing so do you think he would have got past the mclaren
3: i think if there was no rain then probably eventually Lewis may have got got past Norris but it's kind of a hard one to judge because Hamilton was stuck behind Ricardo for a long period and then even for it was a good solid few laps where Hamilton was within the DRS zone of Lando but Lando managed to stay ahead this whole time and I think Hamilton did manage to get through the final, last final tenths when the rain started pouring down because, obviously, Lewis had the experience in the wet compared to Lando. Lando. So it's kind of hard to tell with that.
1: Yeah, and I'll come to you, Cam, finally. Uh, same question. Do you think that Hamilton would go, would have got past Norris without the rain?
2: Possibly. I don't think it's certain. I mean, we've seen, and Sochi is, of all the tracks, it's the one where it's hardest to follow. The way that they just, you, cars produce so much wake, it's difficult for the cars to follow in that dirty air. But, and we've seen, of course, Lewis is struggling with Daniel Ricciardo. I don't know, possibly, and this was the thing we were discussing at the time, which was do we think Lewis Hamilton was just biding his time for one attempt, the only attempt that he feels he's going to get? A bit like Max Verstappen went in the first race of the season when we talked in Bahrain. He only really had one attempt before he ruined the tyres and would then struggle in the dirty air again. So it could have been that Lewis was holding for that one attempt. I think he probably would have been able to do it, seeing how close he was to Norris and seeing how much of a gap he'd made up. But I wouldn't have counted Norris out either. And we'd seen the McLarens are a difficult car to follow behind. They may not be an easy car to drive. They're equally difficult to follow as well. And I think that that might have just swung it in Lando Norris's favour. But I would you do not discount lewis hamilton in doing it in one move we've seen time and time again him able to pull off these moves and at the end of the day that's why he is a
1: seven-time world champion but like yeah i, I think i completely agree i think he might have got past he might not have but to be honest it was all a bit of a moot point when i think it was six laps from the end uh, the rain started to fall and we'll talk about that after the break but- Welcome back to the final part of um, our Russian GP review and then we'll sort of move on to move on to the football but first we've got to look at our predictions for the Russian Grand Prix uh, last week me and Jack made our predictions and fairly they're fairly, fairly successful um, but like it's hard, to, it's hard to predict, especially when the rain comes down right at the end. So what we'll do is it's a, sort of a competition between the Raw side and the Warwick F1 Society side. And we will have Chen and Cam, who weren't on the show last week, judging who won. So first we sort of what we'll do is we'll judge it overall and then there'll be one point, one point for the winner. So, Jack. Are, are we going to do this anonymously? Are we going to tell them which, which set or uh, which? Oh, that's a good point. Actually, we will do, we will do this anonymously because obviously <laughs> there's a bit of bias here. So one of us went for a Hamilton win, Bottas second, and Verstappen third, and then the three general predictions were three plus stops for the most of the grid, double Williams points, and Sonoda into Q three. While the other one went for a Hamilton-Bottas-Perez top three, with their three predictions being Latifi Q2, a safety car on lap one, and the houses crashing into each other. So, I mean, Cam, what do you, who would you give it to? Like, person one or person two? You see, the second set of
2: predictions, I feel, were more exactly what, exactly what I would have said. I have a sneaky feeling I know whose they are. I would say, I mean, podium-wise... I think the first set of predictions got it best. It got two out of the three. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think we foresaw, obviously, Lando Norris and the mixed-up grid and everything. Yeah, I mean, the, the other set of predictions, I think, some of them very wildly off the mark. Some of them, kind, the second set of the other lot of predictions were kind of more believable. So I am torn, but I think just on the podium, I am going for the first... It's got to be the first set of predictions, I think, that wins it
1: for me. Okay, so person one takes one point. I mean, Chen, do you agree or would you give it to person two?
3: Yeah, I would agree as well. I mean, the podium was almost almost completely correct. Obviously, with the rain, no one could no one could really know what would happen, especially with the unpredictability of the rain. So, yeah, I would say person one as well.
1: So, person one takes it and person one is me Drat. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i think i think that's slightly harsh from our guests here we had you got the latifi q2 right yeah
0: and he didn't even he didn't even start q uh he didn't even start q2 so i can still claim that he would have gotten into q3 as well
1: <laughs> yeah so so we got the latifi q2 right but i think it was just the just the um top three that gave it to me i was getting two right one in the wrong order. But just getting yeah. No, it in, in all
0: fairness, you semi-predicted the rain. You said three stops for everyone, but um, I think you got the the kind of the attitude right, even if the you weren't technically correct.
1: All right, so that's a one 0 lead. For the Raw Sports side, but obviously we can't do next, next time without predictions either. And this time we're going to give, obviously, because we've got one uh, Warwick F1 Society pressure here, Cam, Cam News, Cam News, Cam Cam Hall, head of news at uh, Raw. So obviously on the Raw side. So we're going to give them the chance to make uh, their top three predictions and just three general predictions from throughout the weekend. So I'll uh, write them down and I guess we'll start with Cam. So um, as well as raw, I'm also going to stick this in as a prediction for the
2: Armchair F1 podcast, my little personal podcast. Find us on social media, Armchair F1 Pod, and across all major streaming platforms. Anyway, self-promo out of the way. Um, yeah, Turkish Grand Prix is an interesting one. I think we, I think last year's race, I think, threw up the fact. That I think we just—it do- was so unpredictable. The fact that the track was so slippy, no one expected that. I don't know if they're going to do any more changes onto that track. So I um, I think for potentially playing it safe, just because I think there are so many variables that there could be in Turkey. Hamilton victory, all right. Verstappen in second, and I will say Lando Norris to come in third. Sure he he had the difficult last few laps in Sochi but he's in a very rich vein of form and I think he's going to follow that up into another podium in terms of my three other predictions I'm going to say probably if the track is very slippy and at least three Nikita Mazepin spins in the race and that I feel is me being slightly optimistic um I think as well being Turkey I think there will be a lot. That long straight is DRS heaven. So I think this will involve quite a counting game, this. But I am going to say at least 25 DRS overtakes on the sh- on the main straight, I think down to turn 14 or the turn tw- 12 to 14, whatever number it is in there. You just want to make our lives harder, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Actually going to have to pay attention during the races. And then I will say, because again of the unknowns on predictions and strategies... I will say at least two stops from every driver who finishes the race.
1: Okay, so we've gone... So Cam or Raw has gone for Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris. Three Mazapin spins, 25 plus DRS overtakes and two stops for everyone on the grid. And I will, I will be holding it. <laughs> if they've like... Oh, I'll give you if a driver retires, then they're out of it. They can't do the one stop and then crash or have an issue. If all the drivers that finish have to have done more than two stops. And that's the prediction I'm probably most confident in as well. OK, so Chen, do you want to give us uh, the Warwick F1 Society side of the picture? So the top three and then just three general predictions from throughout the weekend.
3: I would say my the podium is a bit more... Um... A bit more of a risk. I've gone for a Verstappen win, Leclerc second, and Norris third, especially with Leclerc getting a brand-new engine, and which is going to be a bit more powerful, which should give that Ferrari a bit more legs in the straight as well. And Verstappen, he was pretty quick last year until he ended up spinning, trying to overtake Perez. So, And I reckon probably something's going to happen between the Verstappen and Hamilton again. Um, in terms of the three predictions, I'm predicting... Gio- Giovinazzi points. Um, a McLaren th- front row in qualifying and uh, probably signs taking the engine penalty for the new Ferrari engine.
1: OK, so... Let me know if I've uh, got this right. So we had a Verstappen, Norris, Leclerc, top three. Uh, Geo points. Oh, it
3: sorry.
1: was leclerc Norris. Oh, Leclerc Norris. He, uh, you got to make sure, otherwise. <laughs> when it's... we get it right, when we get this right next week, you'll you'll remember
0: exactly <laughs> or two weeks time.
1: <laughs> I'd say if anyone gets all, if anyone gets the top three perfect, they get like two points or something, because you never know. Especially I don't know how Turkey is. Is it still slippery? And will it be raining? It's too early to say. But yes. So it was Verstappen and leclerc norris i've got that right uh geo points uh, mclaren front row and then you're gonna have to remind remind me of the final one quickly
3: it was uh science taking the engine penalty because of the new
1: ferrari unit okay so science engine penalty and yeah that uh that is it uh finally i guess just quickly everyone give me uh their
0: like what they would give that race uh, out of 10 so we'll start with jack um, I'm gonna have to say only because Norris crashed out, um, it was an 8 out of 10. If he'd, if he'd have won it, 10 out of 10, easy peasy. Yep, so, Chen.
3: Yeah, I will probably say 8, 8.5, mainly because it was a fantastic race for Sochi standards.
2: Um, I said 7 at the start, but the more we've been discussing this race, I think I'm gonna up it to an 8, which for Sochi... It's just incredible. And it's almost making me realise, do we need to go to a Drive now? If we can just have that every season. No, we,
1: de- we definitely do. <laughs> but I, I'd, I'd also, I'd also uh, give it an 8 out of 10 a race that ne- none of us were expecting to be that good. And I think one
0: that will live long in the memory. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. You can check out our podcast on the Raw Sports Spotify or on the Warwick F1 Society YouTube in future. We'll be back again in the studio next week, but we've got a full two-hour slot, so we'll be back to normal length. See you then.